Hello, hello, little sound check here. Jason, can you hear me? I got you, man. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I got my phone sitting on my desk. It's kind of a hard surface, so if it starts to echo, let me know. It's actually much better than last time, to be honest. Okay, good. Yeah, last time was crap, for sure. One of these days, we will figure out how to work spaces, man. I promise. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But but I actually see right now that we got um, STC as a listener. So big shout outs to you. I love the posts that you made and it was really great. And we really love that you enjoy the art as much as we do. 100%. Yeah, thanks so much. We appreciate all you guys. Okay, so um, I got to learn, you know, some people are able to, to play music in the beginning of a space to have get some kind of chill chill vibe uh, i have no idea how they do that actually hey uh, i got a mixer and um it was funny because i was listening to one of chaz's spaces the other day while i was working and um he's he was talking about getting his roadcaster delivered and i had i actually have a roadcaster and with it you can you know you can plug into a computer and play whatever sounds you want you can do it with anything really but the mixer kind of makes it nice. And um, one of the things you can do is you can download a, uh, like a, a mobile phone emulator to your desktop computer and basically turn your desktop computer into the Twitter app and then do it that way. So, I mean, I'm sure nobody really cares about all this technical crap, but <laughs> we can talk about getting that going in the next one. This is what our second one, our third one. So I think we got a little bit of a learning curve to get through. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So I would say in the beginning, it would be cool to talk about our little artist incubator launch we had last week. Uh, I think it went pretty good. Um, we had a lot of people who wanted pieces who weren't able to get one. Uh, you have done all the technical stuff. So yeah, maybe maybe you can say something, whether it's some kind of Metaplex thing or whether just too many people trying to mint one. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really hard to say because uh, we are using Metaplex Tech to launch and they're the best out there. Obviously, they have the best code. They, they're the most used, um, most widely tested. And just sometimes I think one of the things I've noticed, I think the Solana network has been a little odd this week specifically. Uh, like my Phantom Wallet right now, I've been trying to pull up the NFTs in my Phantom Wallet <clears throat> and it won't load them for whatever reason, and then I go to another wallet and it'll load just fine. Um, if I do an update to code or to um, any of the metadata, the the updates have been going really slow. So I think uh, probably Solana's doing something, um, the, the, Solana, the Solana team might be doing something to the code or either the RPCs are just really slow right now or overloaded. So it could just be a network issue, but it happens from time to time. And um, yeah, it's just part of the game. But the cool thing is, you know, one of the one of the one of the awesome things that I really like about the people that we've brought in, and one of the beautiful things about screening people out is we've got a lot of good people in the community. And so even though a few people didn't get the piece that they wanted, you know, immediately after the mint was over, you know, we had a lot of conversations around, hey, you know what, I'll buy this extra piece from you, or I'll swap you this number for that number. And, you know, we see a lot of people coming from abundance and from, you know, just coming from working together and being good people in the space. And that really is, you know, where I think um, there's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to shine. 
Because, you know, there's so much focus on, you know, me, 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 I, 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 that when we have a group of people who are like genuinely concerned about helping other people do well, that's a huge, huge separator. So for me, my favorite part of the mint is afterwards when we know we have a limited number and we've got people saying, hey, you know, I'll help you get that piece or, hey, you know, text me or DM me or whatever. Let's connect and then let's trade and let's chat. Because, you know, the truth is um, the the Web3 space can be pretty lonely, especially with people being, you know, kind of anonymous and, you know, sort of hiding behind pseudonyms sometimes. And then sometimes people just don't want to be identified. And so there's this real need to have connection. So I encourage people to DM one another, <laughs> talk to one another, get to know one another, you know, because at the end of the day, it's much more fun when you know who you're dealing with or you're building a reputation and you're building some sort of relationship and connection to have those people on your team, because in the future you might need them, you know? So it's always good to be a, to be a good steward of that energy of that positivity and making sure that we're thinking win-win instead of win-lose constantly. Yeah, definitely. And what people need to remind is that as we grow the demand for the 21 pieces are going to get like it's it's going to get bigger like there's a higher demand and i try to repeat it over and over and over again the discord like like hey if you want a piece please be there on time we are going to mint at like 6 p.m utc and you you i, I mean you saw it like basically right after the mint and even a couple of hours at, like after the mint people were showing the the piece on 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 x on twitter and you could see like actually many people who were like, oh damn, I missed it again. Can I can I somehow get one? Then we got people from Maria who actually wanted to to get a piece and, and everything. So we probably will have even more people lined up next time. Just want to remind people like, please be on time. And I, I gotta say like, even you and I, we are minting as well because we love these pieces, but we are fair. Like I, I post the mint, I click the link myself. I have to mint like, I, I do not have like some kind of unfair advantage by minting first and then let people mint. I'm actually like, I'm like, I'm like you guys. So um, yeah, be quick and then you should be able to, to get a piece. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Alex and I, I mean, for those of you guys who, who are kind of new and haven't seen this, like, you know, if we mint and someone really wants one, I mean, we'll give up our piece. Like, that's just how we are. We want to make sure everybody gets taken care of. And, um, you know, the, the way that I want people to start thinking about this collection is, you know, um, think of it as an ever expanding collection that's going to have multiple artists, multiple pieces. Um, you know, it's going to really have influences from all over the globe. I know you've been talking to, I think you said you had about 15 artists that you're already talking to. I'm talking to um, a pretty big name right now and I'm trying to get to do some stuff for us. And, uh, you know, these things take time. I mean, especially when you're dealing with the quote unquote artist world, right? Because a lot of times, you know, the artist personality is very sort of free flowing and they're not really the greatest at showing up on time and like delivering stuff on time. So a lot of times it takes a lot of negotiation behind the scenes to make things happen. But I just want everyone to think about the, these uh, limited collections, whether it's the 21s, where it's our art style, or it's the artist incubator where it's multiple art styles coming together, that these are going to be ever growing galleries, you know, forever. And so if you miss one piece, you'll get the next piece, you know, and if you miss that piece, you'll get the one after that. And if you have one that someone else wants, then you can always swap and trade. So it's kind of meant to be that way so that we can continue to build community and actually have that interaction and really get to know one another. And then of course, 
you know, like anything, everyone who's early is going to have the greatest benefits. And so for everyone here on the call, I'll just go ahead and drop a little bit of alpha for you. The staking for the 21s collection and for the AU collection is live. So if you guys want to pop into Discord and just hit the, hit the trusted link section, you'll notice that there's a new link there. And you can go ahead and actually stake all of your 21s plus uh, yesterday's drop. And you can go ahead and start earning more AU. And remember that AU is going to be used for token mints. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that and some of the collections that we've already picked up. There's a lot of work that we have to do to the metadata to make them, you know, part of our umbrella. So I don't want to get uh, too, too deep into it, but I did want to just let you guys know. And of course, I'm going to drop that announcement later, but we just went live with that this morning. And then, of course, the rest of the fellows will have the staking live on that as soon as possible as well. Yeah, perfect, man. Um glad that you dropped the information because even i just got them like i don't know what when did you write me like 20 minutes ago so um yeah it's it's definitely some good alpha for for, for listeners here but i wanted to pick up on on what you said um earlier when you mentioned the artists that i'm writing to and you know i have been talking to so many people have been write, writing with with so many people and you know when i do that i definitely appreciate maria even more because it was so good working with her uh, she was so reliable uh, unlike many many other artists in the space you know they kind of like ghost you even like you know you're in the middle of a conversation and then they suddenly do not reply or it takes like weeks to reply and then they they uh, think of uh, some stuff like hey i wasn't able to to talk to you because of this and that and you know it's some it's actually a business world here. What what do we do? And you you have to be reliable. And that's a thing that kind of applies to the whole space because we've talked so much about the immaturity of the space and that the space is maturing right now. So I hope that gets better in the end. And um, yeah, but I gotta say, I got like four or five artists who are definitely, um, who I'm definitely considering to, to, um, implement into the artist incubator because they have very cool art i want to send you i want to send you some samples haven't done that yet but um really looking forward to work with these people and i think yeah our community is going to love the art oh for sure yeah i think um it's interesting that you brought up the you know the, the sort of state that we're in right now i think people forget how early we are and, you know, like um, some of the people who've been in our discord and read a couple of the previous announcements back, I mentioned the struggles that I'm having with like floppy labs to get the variable staking in place right for the main collection. And, you know, like in the real world, if I were providing a service and I'm offering a service and I say, hey, this is what you have to do to get the service. Um, and then the person jumps through the hoops then and, and then I wait like seven weeks, nine weeks. I think it's been like 10 weeks now to get any sort of resolution on the variable staking. You know, like that would never happen. And you would immediately not use that service anymore and go to someone else. And in this space, it's a little bit different. You know, you have some options, but you then you have to wonder, are the options reliable? You know, are the options really going to be functional? And then so when I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, you know, why am I still trying to work with Floppy? Well, the reason I'm still trying to work with them is because they pay out a cash flow dividend, which tells me that they have a strong business. And if they weren't able to pay that out, then I would know they didn't have a strong business and I wouldn't mess with them. 
And so it's like, do I want to risk it with a no name or a, a up and comer or someone else who's not really kicking off cash flow? Uh, you know, I can't look at a balance sheet. I can't look at the team. People are scattered all over the world. So I kind of have to look at cash flow because it's the only thing you can't really fake. And, um, you know, in the real world, if we're talking about service and in you and I, we've talked about this a lot, like we, everyone on this call and everyone in the discord, you know, we're doing this slow growth thing where we're really trying to make sure that we provide a high level of service to everyone, which sounds kind of odd in this space because the space tends to be a little bit more me, me, me than we, 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 or let me serve you. And I feel like that's going to be one of the, the biggest differentiating factors in what we're building versus some of the other their projects, right? So when I think about how early we are, this this sort of lack of service, this sort of you know, ghosting you on appointments, this sort of, you know, taking four months to get back to someone. It's just a consequence, a natural consequence of being so early in the space that people are either distracted or they haven't really elevated their game to the place where they feel like they, you know, are, are doing this as a profession, right? And that's really what we're trying to get to here and what we're working for is really high quality everything. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, you know, I've, I've had some experience with artists in the past, from the music world specifically you know one of my first clients in the web world was a music licensing company which is kind of where the idea for goodfellas came from in terms of this licensing business and we set appointments with uh, musicians all the time and you know i'd say probably 80 90 percent of the time it was always a late a no-show you know or something along those lines and it's just part of that sort of mindset of you know being in this world where you're creating you know, like when you're in that world of creation and you're in that world and you're wearing that personality of someone who really wants to be in their own world, you know, external appointments aren't really that much of a priority. So it's just part of it. And, you know, ultimately it'll change. But it's something that I think you and I, you know, coming from the entrepreneurial world are used to handling and we'll be able to get through it, you know, over, you know, over time and not have an issue with it. Yeah, man, it's, it's actually interesting that you brought up a point that we are so early in this space because just today... You know, most listeners probably know that I'm from Germany and uh, in terms of crypto and NFTs, we are still living in middle age. So um, I just read an article in, in German from some kind of yeah, business business um, business website uh, providing information about everything regarding financial economics, economy and everything. And um, they actually just released an article talking about the revival of NFTs, that they're coming back and they explicitly mentioned um, Solana. They um, mentioned like the transaction volume, um, the amount of sales that we have and everything. And that was actually quite interesting because this is how everything starts, you know, like this is how hype builds when when the, the, the um, mainstream media is actually talking about it. And um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely want to see how that turns out in the end if, if nfts are going to i mean you and i we are pretty convinced that we are going to be bigger than ever because um I've, i'm reading so much about art exhibitions uh, in, in in the real world uh, sh showcasing nfts and you know there's so much utility even in the art space that there is actually no no going down or anything with nfts i, I feel like it's definitely the logical next step for, for art. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes, 
I mean, like, like I said on, on the website, you know, when I up, did the updates to the language, I'm talking about like, what's the highest and best use for something like blockchain or NFTs. And, you know, the highest and best use is tracking, really, and it's provenance, you know, it's, it's royalties, it's licensing. And when you think about the broader art world, you know, provenance is everything, like knowing that a piece is original, knowing where the piece came from. Um, you know, knowing that the creator is properly credited, knowing that you own a piece that was actually created by someone who, you know, whose name is actually on the piece of, of art. So I feel like that's a huge, huge, huge aspect of, of what's coming, but it's going to be even bigger than that, right? And so one of the things um, I want to drop here, because it's easier to explain than to type, is you know, some of the ideas that we're, we're kicking around around the, the collections that we're building. So for those of you guys who've been with us for a little bit, you'll know that one of our strategies is to acquire abandoned artwork, rugged artwork, just any quality artwork we can get, um, whether it's new or old, whether, you know, we hire it done or whether we acquire it. We're looking for just quality pieces that we can bring under the Goodfellas umbrella and then get that artwork in the hands of our holders via like AU mints or, you know, token mints or what have you. And one of the uses of this, of these collections is that we can actually go into a business in the real world and we can offer a service to that business. So let's say, for example, we have a collection that is um, music related, for example. So now I can take this pre-built collection and I can go to my buddy who's in the music licensing and I can say, hey, listen, I have all of this artwork. It's beautiful. It's done by this amazing guy out in you know Spain or what have you. Look, check out these pieces and let's see if we can come together and create a partnership whereby, you know, I license some of your music and attach it to this NFT. And then now he has a way where he can actually track royalties if he partners with us in that particular piece of music. Or we could do copies of that music, just like you would MP3s, right? And now he has also the ability to track where his music's going and to create memberships with those particular NFTs. So that would be one usage of it. Uh, another usage of it, let's say I had a bar that was like a speakeasy and I had some, you know, some NFTs that were related to like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, alcohol or you know something like that right like everybody's got their weed nfts their alcohol nfts whatever i could go to them and i could say listen instead of selling that ten thousand dollar membership you know face to face here inside your facility we could actually put an nft in your customer's wallet so that when they show up to the speakeasy door they have to show you this nft to get in right and in that way, we can start building side businesses with the NFTs that are related to tickets, you know, that are related to membership. And then, of course, if they have members that want in or out, they don't have to deal with the headaches of going back and forth. They can just say, hey, member, if you want out, there's a marketplace where you can sell your membership to someone else and they can move the membership to a third party. So, I mean, there's a thousand different ways that NFTs can be put to use. And, you know, obviously we're in the infancy of the marketplace, but I think the more collections that we acquire and the more pieces and artists that we bring on board who can create for us, the more you and I can go into the real world and start developing real connections with businesses and putting them to use. And when we put them to use, that's when value in the real market is going to be seen and more people are going to come into the space. So everyone here that's holding early pieces, especially from the main collection, 
you know, if you guys are building families, we want you guys to be able to participate in those businesses as we build them. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love about that idea that the NFT is actually having a use case, you know, and licensing, because in the end, I think I heard about Matlets. They're actually building some kind of exchange. Then you have all these, I don't know, casinos and you have this and that, and you actually don't need NFTs for that, you know, like they kind of use them to collect funds in the beginning. And then they, they, um, they claim to like, Hey, we have, we need these funds to build this and that, and then we'll get some kind of, um, some kind of reward. I don't know, it, it, some kind of token airdrop or some kind of, um, sharing, sharing funds or, or, um, yeah, whatever they earn with it. So, in the end, NFTs are not really needed for that. And that's what I love about the ideas that you just pitched, like what we can we can use the um, licensed artwork for. And yeah, I, I hope that people get that um, NFTs should have that value in the end and not just be some kind of, hey, I'm trying to sell these out to get some funds to, to um, claim to build something, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of doing a launch to raise funds, you know, is a valid idea, uh, you know, but I think, but when you look at it that way, that also invites regulation. That's part of the problem that you run into, because technically what you're doing is you're selling a security, which, you know, if you're in the States, for example, you know, if the feds find out about that, they can come after you. And so you have to be really careful how you word things and really careful what you're doing, because what you're actually doing when you do a raise um, and you trade artwork for for money with the promise of we're going to build this business and you're going to participate in that. What you're actually doing is you're selling a pretty piece of stock. So back in the days, you know, before electronic exchanges, everybody walked around with a stock certificate that said, hey, you own this many shares in XYZ company. And basically um, the NFT market sort of adopted that. And so basically if you're doing the NFT drop for a raise, to raise funds then you're basically issuing stock and it's a pretty piece of stock most of the time and that's fantastic but it also is illegal and so you'll see um people like uh impact theory i don't know if some of you guys are in the personal development space you know i'm a big uh, i'm a coach in real life so i follow this pretty closely but impact theory tom bilius you know multi-million dollar guy you know he sold a supplement brand and walked away with a big exit well he created an nft project and uh, sold his NFTs on the same sort of premise. And then the feds came after him and now there's a multi-million dollar settlement that he's having to issue and then issue refunds to all the holders and all this kind of thing. And of course, you know, if he wasn't a wealthy guy, he wouldn't have been able to get out of trouble. He would have, you know, been in a, a much deeper position. So I think um, as the market grows and as regulation comes in, which I'm not necessarily fond of personally, I, I wish it would stay away, but the truth is it's coming. And I think we just have to plan for that so that we don't get caught, you know, in, in that melee when it, when it does decide to rear its ugly head. But um, yeah, in the meantime, uh, there's, there's a lot of use cases that really haven't been explored. And I think that's mainly because a lot of the people in the space or most of the people in the space, I'd say are really early adopters or are developers. So a lot of what we are doing and seeing in the space has just been for us. It's like been for the early adopters. It's been for tech people. It's been for developers. It's like, let me see if I can do this cool thing without wondering if that cool thing is actually of benefit to the market. 
right? And so if we want the, the market to embrace what we're doing and we want NFTs to have a future, then we have to think, what does it mean to provide value to another person? Because a good business is a give, you know, it's like, what am I giving to the marketplace that they would exchange, you know, their hard-earned money for? And so that's kind of the angle that that I'm coming at from when I, when I look at NFTs. And just, just by the way, I know we've got quite a few people on here, Yvette, Rob, STC. If any of you guys want to chime in and say anything, I know we've been sitting here going off, but uh, anyone can speak. We'd love to hear your opinion. So just throw up a hand and I'm sure uh, Alex can toss you the mic if you guys want to uh, chime in on your opinions. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely, man. I agree. But I just wanted to, like, you just mentioned a guy who who had some kind of, what did you say, supplement company and then, like, had an NFT project after? What exactly yeah, happened? Yeah. Like, no, he have, he built a um, a brand of of like a food brand, right? That was sold healthy food. And um, I'm trying to think of the name of the of the of the company. What was it? I forget. Someone remind me in the comments. It's, it was a huge brand. It still exists. And so he and his partners sold the brand to a you know a, a larger company and had a huge exit. And then he went into the you know, he's building a, uh, like a game and he's doing some media, like with Steve Aoki is one of the people that he's been working with. They put out some comics, they've done a lot of different things, but he issued NFT, an NFT project that someone basically reported and um, the SEC came down on him and now he's having to pay this massive fine and give money back. Okay, crazy. Is, this, is the case public? Like is the NFT um, project still? Can I find it somewhere or is it like, must have been yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah, no, it's here. I'll, uh, I'll drop a link in the chat if you guys want to check it out. Um, I'll, I'll dig it up while you're uh, uh, talking. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I actually read a comment today from a guy who was like, hey, pin this tweet. Um, and he said that, that not too far away, like maybe in a couple of months, maybe a year or two, Ethereum NFTs will be completely gone, replaced by Solana. What What do you think about that? Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I, I, you have to realize what Solana is and what Ethereum is and what Bitcoin is. Like every chain has a different sort of use case and base. Ethereum has already, and, and two, you have to understand a little bit about how markets work, right? So like Ethereum has already established itself as like the premier artwork nft chain so solana might supplant that with volume but volume is not quality does that make sense so if um if beeple does another drop and you know he wants to sell it for another 60 million or whatever his his project went for a couple of years ago he's not going to drop it probably on solana he's going to go back to ethereum because the players there are holding bigger bags right so solana is i think has a lot of, of great business use cases it has a lot of great artwork use cases that's one of the reasons that i really like it but ethereum is like the world's computer anything can be built on ethereum top down and solana is getting there solana is going mobile solana is faster solana does a lot of things that ethereum doesn't do quite as well with speed <clears throat> but in terms of the population 
like the population on Solana would literally have to change, like the whole demographic would have to change for it to supplant Ethereum as like the premier artwork, the chain, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, like if you look at all the layer ones, like Bitcoin's, you know, big claim is like, it's the value chain, right? It's the one where you store your value. And then Ethereum is the world's computer. And then you got Solana, which is bringing in like, the, like all the new tech, new tech, like quick, fast, cheap. That's Solana, right? There's a lot of business use cases and stuff that you could jump into. And all of those chains can exist simultaneously. And if we look throughout history, like if we, if we say, you know, like what happens when a new technology comes out, something that's new and better. Like if you just look at communications, you know, you had like the printing press and then the printing press, you got books and then you had magazines and then you had radio and then you had TV and now you've got streaming and none of those things replaced the, the previous technology. They all still exist in some way, shape or form, right? It's just the people who use those different channels are different types of people. They're different demographics, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 100%. But let's see if, if, if you let's just just take that example that you just used like the tv radio stuff for example i i would say the youth like the younger people are actually using like used to stream a lot like they probably don't watch too much too much tv anymore um radio maybe when they drive a car or something but one day older people will be gone and then the younger generation is going to get old will they start watching tv again Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball, so all I can do is look back and kind of make, you know, some sort of quasi-informed prognostication. But, um, I mean, ultimately, when you're looking at something going away, like if, like if someone says, you know, Solana is going to replace Ethereum, what they're saying is Ethereum is going away, that's not going to happen just because of the the programming base that is Ethereum. Like there's so much built on top of Ethereum, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's first and foremost, like a programming um, platform. It's not an NFT platform. And, you know, Solana might, like I said, supplant um, Ethereum in terms of total volume. And it may even draw more artwork, which I'm, that's what we're trying to do is bring more quality artwork to Solana. But at the end of the day, I don't see, I don't see a benefit really of, or I don't see a possibility of Ethereum being, you know, just completely obsoleted. I don't see that happening. Yeah, you know, I actually agree 100%. Just wanted to be some kind of counterpart right now. But I mean, you can actually look at Bitcoin as well. Is Bitcoin technically the best blockchain we have? Probably not, but it will, we are, sure it will be the most valuable like in terms of, of market cap and everything forever or do you think that will ever change i think the beauty of bitcoin is that it is in its simplicity it is so yeah. simple yeah. i guess yeah. and, and one of the things that people forget is like when you get to the highest level of thinking and you get to the highest level of understanding or are closer to a truth the closer you get to that thing the simpler it is you know so when I look at Bitcoin and I watch the blocks go by and I understand that, you know, how people are bidding to get into the next block and, you know, Bitcoin has never gone down in its entire history. Um, you know, as long as someone has a copy of the database, it can never be shut down or stopped. It's on satellites now. 
Um, you know, it'll, it'll be on Mars. It'll follow us to Mars when we land on Mars. I don't ever see the value proposition of Bitcoin going away. And I don't think anything can do um, value preservation better than Bitcoin. But in terms of like trading, you know, that's not what you want to do on Bitcoin. You want to do that on a layer two or on another chain. Um, DGEN stuff, well, you can do it on Bitcoin, but it's probably best on another chain, a faster chain. Like, so, I mean, when we, when we talk about the different chains, you just kind of have to look at what they're best at. But the cool thing about the, the Bitcoin chain and the ordinals, <clears throat> for example, you know, when we started dropping ordinals, um, we were at the, we started at the 21, we were at 21 million on ordinals <clears throat> in terms of total count. I think now we're in the 60 millions. You know, all of those ordinals consist of Satoshis, which are, you know, there's 100 million Satoshis in, in each Bitcoin. So the base unit of Bitcoin is not Bitcoin, it's actually a Satoshi. And everyone who's holding an ordinal is holding those, those Satoshis. So everyone who bought an ordinal and sitting on those Satoshis, their Satoshis have only continued to grow in value this entire time. And that's one of the reasons that you don't see a lot of trading on Bitcoin because the actual asset itself, the underlying asset that's that's living on chain and taking up space on chain is is still made out of money. <laughs> you know, so like you you kind of want to hold on to that, right? Like it's ma literally made out of money. So why would you want to get rid of it, right? Yeah, indeed, man. I, I feel like I, I do love Bitcoin as well. You mentioned that the simplicity is, is great and the ordinals are great, but I feel like this leads us to the question is it necessary, like all that stuff that people try to do on Bitcoin right, Bitcoin right now, but like trying to modernize it by, by, by creating these root. But what, what we mentioned it like last time we we spoke on the spaces, like the runes and everything, trying to make mm -hmm. it accessible for degens. Do we need that? Like it's it's a store of value. We know that, and we have so many other chains to to try stuff and to play around and and make degen plays. So do we need that on Bitcoin actually? You know, I don't think anything in Web3 is about need yet. I think it's all just about want, you know. Um, and people spend more money on what they want than what they need, right? And so if you can, if you're a developer and you know how to do really cool things and, you're, and you want to drop something on Bitcoin that no one thought was possible, okay, it's a great way to make a name for yourself, achieve status. Um, but it's also a great way to satisfy that deep desire to create. You know, that's really what this is all about. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're an artist, you know, whatever the thing is, whatever your craft is at the at the base level, you're a creator. You're trying to build something and create something and bring it to life. Right. And we all have that need and that desire on some level. So if my skill set is coding on Bitcoin, then there's nothing that's going to stop me from coding what I want to code on Bitcoin. And then if people like it so much, the better. Right. Um, that's great. But at the end of the day, as long as I satisfied my need to create, you know, whether someone likes it or not is irrelevant. The market will ultimately decide. But as a creator, I'm not going to stop creating because somebody else thinks that this change should be used for X rather than Y, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes makes sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really much to add to that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, we, we got a lot into crypto now. Maybe we should. I, I, I think a lot of people wonder um, regarding our project, when will the next pieces um, be released? And I, I know we haven't talked about it yet. Um, we, we got that little thing going that 21 editions are always being um, 
released on the 21st of the month. So, um, yeah, we haven't really decided that yet, right? Well, yeah, it's kind of funny. We're, we're kind of having our meeting right now in a public space, <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a collection like this. I mean, one idea, and feel free to chime in, guys. Like, if you have opinions on this, I'd love to hear. I mean, we could just drop them you know, sequentially week to week, or we could do the 21s. Uh, if we do the 21s, obviously it's going to take longer to get to the end of the collection. So, I mean, when we have someone who, uh, like Maria, who actually delivers on time, <laughs> which is really nice, we could, you know, we could do sequential drops, which I think would be kind of fun. But, you know, we could just ask the bosses and the, the fellows what they think they would like the most, you know, and, and then go from there, I think. Yeah, definitely. Let's, let's, we can actually try to have some kind of community vote on that. But, you know, when I was talking to all these artists and um, thought about them creating pieces for us, and then I realized, like, hey, we got, like, six of Maria's pieces left. And if we keep, um, keep like, releasing them every month, we are still, like, settled for half a year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I thought, like, maybe we can have, a, like, change the pace here and, um, yeah, get, get pieces out maybe weekly um yep. to to give other artists a chance to to re release on our artist incubator as well so yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's why not have a community vote on that um to to let people decide going to yeah, guess that they want it as fast as possible <laughs> for, for sure yeah i mean i think uh i had this idea the other day right because um you know everybody um you know as we as the community grows we have people who want specific numbers you know like we got a guy collecting all the number ones and then we got somebody else getting all the 17s which i think is super just super cool right because everybody has their thing you know and it creates all this really cool communication after the mint and one of the things that's really cool about our project is because we're not dumping everything on the market all at once we can do fun things like like we could do a sequential mint like we could do uh, one piece followed by the next piece you know or we could do um you know dueling mints like we could have two mints going at the same time so people can decide like <laughs> hey which, which piece do i want to go after first right like so there's all these really cool ways we can spin this and have fun with it and you know i think that's part of the cool thing about um you know dropping in batches dropping in small numbers and then dropping to people who actually give a shit about the artwork rather than just anyone and everyone who wants to you know flip it for a hamburger so you know at the end of the day like i, I love the the flexibility that we have but um, you know, I think we can uh, try it a bunch of different ways, see what people like, you know, and then just keep building around what people prefer and, and what works best for everyone. And, uh, you know, I think um, rather than just following the playbook, the typical NFT playbook, which is a proven failure, we just continue to innovate. Like we do different things, you know, like, uh, you know, as far as I know, we're the first people to do like a batch mint of a main collection. Um, we're the first people to try to do the artist incubator stuff where we bring a lot of different artists with limited prints with the print on the thing with signed pieces like there's a lot of things that we've done that I think people don't really understand as like like being kind of harder to do in a way and, and I mean I'm not, I'm not really bragging you know it probably sounds that way but it's a little harder to do and I think it just just generates greater quality of outcome and greater quality pieces because, you know, if we were dumping just a bunch of stuff all at once, it would be easier to not care about every single piece, you know. But because we're dropping small bits and pieces at a time, we have the little luxury of going through and adding traits 
or going through and making sure that a particular trade is really up to par or making sure that the piece of art that we dropped is something that we're really proud of dropping, you know, because we're going to be judged and graded on that by everybody in the community and everybody in the marketplace. So from that perspective, like it puts a lot of pressure to, you know, do it really well, you know, and, and instead of doing, um, you know, like generative additions, which is what most people do when they do prints, like we're actually doing, we're actually touching every piece. Like the numbering has to be added. The metadata has to be added. That all has to be done before the drop can go live. And then when we drop it, it's dropped as a generative collection rather than addition, like a just where a computer spits out a copy over and over and over again, right? So like these little things, I think ultimately add up to a better outcome. And it just feels better, like for me as a creator, like it feels better to know that I'm dumping, you know, this idea that everything has to be done the way it's been done. And I'm embracing this idea that everything can be done to the highest possible quality standard that I can generate. Yeah, I've actually thought about that a lot in the, in the past as well. You know, people release or drop like five or eight or 10K collections and they drop them all at once. And then, you know, people usually do not care about every single piece, you know, they just look at the one of ones and then maybe the ultra rare run, uh, rare ones and nobody really cares about the pieces in between. And that's definitely a sad thing, especially in a space that is all about art. And, um, you know, if I were the artist of that collection, I would feel pretty bad about it and feel like, hey man, I, I spent so many hours working on that collection and you don't even care about it, you know? <laughs> Well, and you know, that's where you get the uh, quote-unquote art upgrades, right? Like, I, I don't know how you upgrade art. This this concept to me is a little strange, right? Like, if if I'm an artist and I put everything I have into creating a generative collection, you know, obviously I don't have control over what the ultimate pieces look like because there's, uh, you know, maybe hash lips or whatever is spitting out, you know, composites of all the different layers that are created. But I still considered that when I created the collection or it wouldn't work, right? So if someone comes along and they say, well, we're going to upgrade the art. What they're really saying is we're tired of looking at your art, you know, because art can't be upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can't upgrade art. It's just, you know, it's someone's interpretation of what they think is good or bad. And of course, you know, with humans, it's like anything. If you hear something long enough or see something long enough, you start to take it for granted. And so it's not really an art upgrade. It's just like an attention grab is really what it is. So if, if projects were honest and they said, we're going to do an art upgrade, what they'd really say is we're going to do an attention grab because we see everybody kind of fading away post hype situation here. We need to generate some new hype. So we're going to generate some new layers and drop that on you guys. Right. And they'd be much better off keeping the artwork and finding a valuable use case for it in the real world so that the people who held the art would, would care for it more. So that's kind of how I come at it, you know, just from a first principles standpoint. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I would never insult an artist by saying, hey, you know what, we're going to upgrade your art. <laughs> I, just yeah. don't, I just don't know how that conversation goes, you know. It's actually interesting because I remember some guy from the old Art of Mob project who was a whale. I think at some point he was like even the biggest holder. And um, can, I, can, I, can I tell his name? I don't know. His name was Lawrence, actually. So if he's listening by any chance, uh, shout out to you. So he was basically one of the largest holders. And then he, at some point, he was so mad about the project and the leaders that he dumped all his pieces. Then he bought back in and everything. But in the end, he 
preached and told everyone like, hey guys, stop buying this here, stop buying Art of Mob and go buy, I don't know if you remember that project, but it was called Vandals. And, yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah, and they did what you just mentioned. They actually had some kind of art upgrade as well because their original art didn't really look good, but the upgrade didn't look good as well. Um, so they basically made a complete new collection just to grab attention. And yeah, you can actually check check them out on Magic Eden where they are now, you know. And that yeah. that's what happens. Like an art art upgrade is not, not no utility. It's nothing. It's just to gain attention and make people buy one less time, and then it dumps to to zero. Yeah, it's kind of disrespectful to your people. I mean, I mean, I mean, for me, when I think of it, obviously I'm not God, and I don't have the answer for everyone. This is just my answer, right? Like. If I'm buying into an NFT project nowadays, unless it's Goodfellas, you know, or, you know, something like, um, you know, like a hold a couple D gods, like unless it's Goodfellas, I'm looking at the artwork as the only reason for me to buy, because I don't really trust that the teams are going to deliver, having been burned so many times. And, you know, so for me, if, um, if I buy into a, a, a collection because I like the art and then they say to me, all right, well, we're going to do an up art upgrade and then the upgrade doesn't look anything like the original pieces. Well, then now I feel alienated because the only reason I bought in was the art. And then I've been in situations like um, some of you guys might be familiar with Blackout or um, I think they changed the name to Survivors at the end. And these guys got a million dollar um, private equity investment to build basically a an app that was going to be sort of like the Web3 version of um, Dropbox you know, like a file sharing app and they had it functioning and working. And, um, you know, I held or I still hold like 25 of these NFTs because I'm like, all right, well, they got a million dollar investment. You know, they got the app live and this and that and the other thing. And then, you know, like I wake up one day and they're like, we're doing an art upgrade. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, the artist that they had to read you the art is a, is a really well-known artist. And, the the beauty the beautiful thing was um, that they got him to do the pieces and he can he consented to do that and that's fine and dandy but at the end of the day I didn't sign on for his artwork even though he's a fantastic artist and well known in the space right so like I felt gypped and then I was like okay well this is cool maybe we can keep both versions of it right and so they were gonna do this thing where all right well you can you have to upgrade, but you can always, you know, have the other piece. You can switch back and forth or something like that, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll, they were going to force me to do the upgrade, so I have to do the upgrade. Um, and so I do the upgrade, and then it turns out, like, the next day they issue a, an announcement. Oh, well, we're, we ran out of money, and one of our guys is going to go work for Ripple and, you know, all this other stuff. So then, like, I upgraded all my pieces, the pieces that I really liked, and I got stuck with these other pieces, which are, it, the artwork is good, but it wasn't what I signed on for. And then they just decided to quit after getting a million dollars, right? Like, this, this, this is the type of stuff you just don't see in the real world because there's this thing called accountability and responsibility. <laughs> you just couldn't do that. So, you know, in this space, again, because it's so youthful and, and so young um, and we're so early, you see a lot of this stuff. And so I don't want to treat people that way. Like I want to honor the reason people came in and I want to really produce high quality work. And I want to make sure people are taken care of and I want to create a win-win space, not some, you know, win, lose, screw you kind of a situation. And, 
I just feel like, you know, that's what I would want. That's what I do want as a holder. And that's what I look for in a project. And so I feel like over time, the way that we're doing this, you know, slow growth, really being careful who we bring into the community will allow us to do this. And, you know, I think that if we're doing a good job, then our people will sell for us. Like they will bring people in. You know, that's why I created referral NFTs. And if we're not doing a good job, people will tell us, you know, hey, you guys suck. I wouldn't advise anyone join you, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Right. So I just have to look at the result. And if I'm doing my job and you're doing your job, then I think everyone who knows what we're doing and appreciates what we're doing will literally go into the marketplace and start spreading that word. And, and in fact, I'm I'm counting on that. So, you know, so all the bosses out there, like when I ask you guys for feedback, I genuinely want to know. Uh, and I'm coming from a place of, you know, I don't want you to sugarcoat it. Like if you feel like we're doing something wrong or I'm doing something wrong, or if you feel like something needs to be improved, then I want to know like the straight truth, not, you know, not some watered down version of it. I, I see this a lot in discord where people, in the quote unquote leader leadership team will ask for feedback, but what they're really asking for is validation. And that's not what I'm asking for. You know, when it, when I'm asking someone for the way that they look or feel or, 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 or see this thing happening, I really want to know, even if it hurts my feelings, because that's how I move forward. Right. And I think um, with so much thin skin in the marketplace, you don't get enough of that. And if you can't get real feedback, then you don't know how, People are perceiving you and you don't know what the direction to go is. So for me personally, like having that honest interaction is super crucial. Just wanted to, to catch up real quick on the art upgrade thing that you just talked about um, and, and the blackout thing. I think the idea that they had of being able to switch between old and, and new art is, is basically what, what the EGATS is doing, right? So they have like season one, two, three, and you were able to switch between these. I'm not as familiar with the project, but um, from an outside perspective, it felt like it's still like that idea still wasn't really beneficial for them because from what I saw, it always felt like if they were in some kind of downswing, they announced like, hey, season two is coming, hey, season three is coming. And then we we know where they are now, like they're still trying to find their spot. And I feel like I read that, uh, that, that Frank kind of, um, I think he parted weight with, with, how was that other guy called Kevin? And like merged some companies and everything. So he's still trying to, to get to a point where he can like st have some kind of new beginning if I'm right. Um, but, mm -hmm. but feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're right. And just incidentally, for those of you guys who were curious about the lawsuit with impact theory, I put that in the comments if you guys want to check that out. <clears throat> yeah, so I think what happened with D-Gods, and I'll be really brief on this, is I think Frank saw NFTs as a luxury item. This is my interpretation of his words, right? Um, he saw NFTs as a luxury item, and I tend to think of that the same way. And so he went public and said a bunch of stuff about wanting, not wanting everybody, just wanting, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, 10,000 good quality holders. And the season three artwork was released and it was a little bit more upper echelon, like it was smoother. It was less DGN looking. It was, um, in my opinion, it was the best art, right? But it was not received very well. And it was not received very well by all the people who originally bought on Solana, right? So we have this entire Solana uh, uh, congregation 
who were basically by default moved into the Ethereum side when they switched chains, right? So Frank switched chains and then did this art upgrade with the idea that he could create a luxury brand. That's what it really what he wants to do. But he didn't realize the inertia of the community that he had created, right? Was basically DGN from Solana. That's not the same thing as luxury brand. And so there was this massive rebellion and basically his community became more of an anchor you know we talk about this a lot like your community can be an anchor or a jet engine his community became an anchor in moving forward and they said we don't care about your luxury crap dude we just want the dgen stuff and then so you know people started dumping and then he got scared and started backpedaling on what he said he wanted what he should have done is he should have gone through and let everyone who wanted to dump dump and then get over that but now because they backpedaled it made it worse because they they placated to all the people who don't want a luxury brand. So now they're stuck in this place that they can't move from. That's my interpretation of it. And this is one of the reasons that when, you know, we're basically curating bosses for our community, that it matters. Like it matters who we refer in. It matters who we invite in. Because ultimately, as we grow and we are growing this into a more high end uh, sort of a brand on Solana, it's going to matter who we take with us, right? Because we want those people to be that jet engine, not an anchor. And so far, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of bringing in really good people, really wonderful holders. And, you know, we've had a couple mis missteps here and there. We're going to make a lot of mistakes. But in terms of people, man, like we're 99%, you know, we're, we're, we're working with great people. And I'm super stoked to have the people in the community that we do have. Yeah, man, couldn't agree more. Um... Yeah, we definitely try to do it right from the very beginning, community-wise, um, because I remember when we had that boss ordinal mint, that was exactly what we were talking about, like trying to get a, get a community together that actually wants to hold the art and, and everything. So, um, yeah, I think we had many, you know, when we started this space today, I was like, hey, let's let's have a short one today, maybe maybe half an hour, but with you, time flies, man. So um, very happy one hour again. Um, if, if you got nothing on, on your list, um, I think we can wrap it up here. Just wanted to remind people, go stake your pieces. Um, stay tuned for announcement regarding the uh, artist incubator drops um, from Maria and, uh, and regarding the, uh, the license collections that we have. And yeah, last words are yours, my friend. I think I've said too much already. I'm happy to open the floor if anyone has anything they'd like to add or, or any questions they'd like to ask. Happy to have that interaction. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm, I've, I've probably said too much. <laughs> I feel like we should maybe like have some kind of um, thread on, 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 on the Discord for people like to ask questions because I remember in my, my times when I started NFTs, I was always a, li a little bit shy and didn't want to like go live on spaces and everything, but I had so many questions. So if people want to reach out, they can definitely ask questions on, on, on Discord and um, or write us, DM us, everything you want, if you want to know any, uh, anything. So um, yeah, this should be it, man. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, um, I know you and I have to, to meet really quick so we'll let everybody go and just honor your time but yeah thanks everybody for showing up i uh, appreciate you being here and you know like alex said if you guys ever have any questions feel free to reach out we're doing our level best to provide value to you guys and that's really what it's all about is creating high quality 
and creating value for you guys and, and everything that we do. So if you see us slipping, be sure and reach out and say, hey, dickheads, let's get back on track. You know, we'll get it going. So appreciate you guys being here and uh, we'll talk in the next spaces.